You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. Hi guys, welcome along to this podcast. It's Mark Lloyd with you once again. Now this week, as it was the festive weekend, we took a look at some festive brunches happening around the city with AJ, Mr. Brunch. We also checked out a photography exhibition. That's happening at Gulf Photo Plus. And how about the drone light show going on above our eyes? Well, that's going to be happening at the JBR Waterfront on the beach and we checked in with the people behind that and also of course the big movie opening this weekend Matrix with Keanu Reeves William Mullally told us all about it don't forget to join me live each and every weekday from 11 o'clock only here on Dubai Eye 103.8 sun's gonna shine on everything you do you're listening to Lunch with Lloyd only on Dubai Eye 103.8 yeah welcome back into the show nice festive show we've got going for you guys today as we head into the festive weekend and, of course, there's going to be a lot of um, Xmas brunches going on around town. And to tell us all about them is Mr Brunch himself, AJ. Good afternoon, AJ. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you? Very, very good, sir. I'm going to try out a little bit of a um, uh, a Christmas cracker joke on you before we get started. Um, who's, who's Rudolph's favourite pop star? Uh, <laughs> Any idea who Rudolph's favourite pop star is? No idea. Right, no idea. Beyond Slay. <laughs> are you laughing? Are you loving that? Are you loving that or what? Uh, not bad, not bad. I think, I think my answer was actually not bad. You it know, it was. Idea. Yeah, and I, I'm going to do one more. What do you get if you cross a bell with a skunk? Any idea on a bell with a no idea. You get jingle smells. So those oh. are your Christmas cracker jokes uh, for today. And I'm sure you're going to be popping a lot of Christmas crackers over the weekend, uh, AJ, because uh, you've chosen three places that we can go along and enjoy an Xmas brunch. Absolutely. Um, and obviously, uh, Christmas brunches are one of the most popular things, and some of them get booked out from even June onwards. So these are three that still have availability left on them, uh, and they're quite strange, not your usual... Um, usual run-of-the-mill brunch. So, yeah, I've chosen three starting downtown at the Tipsy Lion. Okay. Tipsy Lion, then. What have they got going on for Christmas? Uh, so they've got a, a brunch called the Home Alone Brunch, so one of the most popular Christmas films, of course. Um, they are down on the Sofitel's main uh, concourse there, uh, and they're doing one on Friday the 24th, and they're also doing one on the 25th. And they've got things like an ugly sweater party, and, of course, they've got the carving station, beef and turkey and everything out on the terrace. And they've also got all your Brussels sprouts and parsnips and mince pies. And, of course, yes, Home Alone will be shown on the TV screens as well. It, well, it wouldn't be Christmas without it, would it? And, uh, you just mentioned there the ugly Christmas jumper party. Uh, being the sartorial gentleman that you are, do you have a, a feral collection of, of Christmas jumpers? Uh, I, I like to go a little bit more say classy so i've got the elf suit with a bow tie <laughs> okay and, uh, yeah yeah you take it to the next level don't you aj so um home alone um a christmas eve brunch at, at the tipsy lion what are we looking at there in terms of uh, i'm guessing traditional fare uh, and how's it going to hit us in our pockets absolutely so this one's actually really really good value so on the uh, the friday version so christmas eve their standard package is 299 
uh, their premium package is 349 and they're actually doing a special of two for one on all packages at the moment, which is great. Oh, wow. Amazing. So that is going to be a very jolly old Christmas down there at the Tipsy Lion. Now, the second um, venue that you've chosen, I've been to a couple of times. Uh, Chef Luigi, of course, is the man in charge up there at Bull and Bear. And they've got a Wolf of Wall Street Christmas. Absolutely. So, yeah, the Bull and Bear, of course, this is based on the original uh, Waldorf story that's uh, based in New York. And the Wolf of Wall Street is actually based on one of my favourite films of all time. The, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street was Mr. DiCaprio and... Uh, the beautiful Margot Robbie, of course. Yeah. Um, this brunch is all about uh, a mixture of 80s and 90s music. They've got a live band, uh, and the food is spectacular. Everything comes to the table. Um, they've even got some fun twists, uh, such as a money gun that uh, shoots out dollar bills. Um, nothing else too risque from the movie, of course, because obviously we are in the uh, in the UAE. Yeah. Um, of course, so a nice fun brunch for uh, for uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful setting. Uh, when you walk into the restaurant, they've got the, the, the big bowl there, and um, I think the food is superb. So, uh, you know, a, a, kind of a classy venue. What are we looking at price-wise? Uh, it's north, uh, as you say, compared to the, to the last one. Um, it's uh, five fifty for the house package, or seven fifty for bubbly, or three fifty for soft beverages as well. But it is a longer one. It's uh, 1 till 5 p.m., and, and as mentioned, the food is absolutely spectacular so you know things like your yeah, wagyu beef tartare with a slow cooked egg yolk and, and everything like that and they've got the traditional turkey roulades as well um a special shout out on this one as well for any vegetarians or vegans and they they actually cater specifically with their own separate menu as well oh nice so we can have an xmas vegan menu if uh, that's what we like to partake of that's bull and bear then option number two now the cheeky camel <laughs> nice name uh, where can we find this uh, this one is a brand new ocean. This one is down at the Bonington Hotel in uh, JLT. Um, and this one has uh, recently been taken over by uh, Voco Hotel. So a brand new opening, uh, the Cheeky Camel. This one is started by two real foodies. And they, they celebrate the best of, I guess, European cuisine. But they put a Dubai twist on all of their seasonings. Um, and if you, you walk in there, it's a real kind of mix of eclectic music and pop culture and pop-up designs, the Andy Warhol style. Mm. Um, really, really, really cool. But obviously, they've got the trees and the tinsels and everything uh, decorated for, for music as well. And they're doing a uh, Christmas dinner every uh, every day from 6pm till 10pm. Uh, and a four-hour beverage package there starts at uh, 4 All right, like the sound of that. And um, the decor sounds pretty funky as well, uh, AJ. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if you look at, um, if you imagine the old-school uh, Magilis with those uh, the sunken red seats with the, the stripes on. They've got those, but then again, they've got artists that I'm sure you'll uh, recognise with Prince, and uh, I think there's a picture of Nelson Mandela and everything like that. Okay. Lots of famous faces, but done in a really funky, uh, eclectic style. And they've also got a, a, a terrace, so you can sit inside and outside and look at the uh, Dubai skyline. Nice one. Um, and when it comes to price, what are we looking at there? Uh, so this one is a four nine nine, and again, that's uh, that's actually available uh, from today all the way through till the twenty seventh, and that is a four hour package, including bubbly. Excellent. So there we are. Three options: Tipsy Lion with the Home Alone uh, Xmas brunch, Bull and Bear, the Wolf of Wall Street uh, Xmas brunch, and the Cheeky Camel over at the Voca Hotel at Bonington. There. Um, what's uh, what's going to be on your menu, Mister Brunch, and uh, what are you hoping to get for Christmas? 
Uh, well, I actually did really well. I've got my mum and sister out at the moment, uh, and they took me shopping yesterday, so I, uh, I made out like a bandit. I got loads of gifts yesterday. Oh, cool. um, <laughs> I, was, well, I haven't got them anything yet, um, so I'll be busy t- uh, tomorrow. But we're actually going uh, to Alcasa for Christmas Eve, and on Christmas Day we are going to Boca in the ISD. It's just a couple of days. Well, brilliant. And um, let- let's give your mum and sister a shout-out. What are their names? So Lydia and Deborah. Lydia and Deborah, welcome to uh, Dubai, and you're going to have a, a fantastic time. AJ knows the right places to go along and uh, and enjoy uh, this city. Uh, and a big thanks, AJ, for all your uh, your brunches throughout uh, throughout 2021. Uh, really appreciate it. You're welcome. And Merry Christmas to you and the family. Thank you very much. Listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back into the show. Now, we're going to talk some photography next. Now, Warehouse 421 and Gulf Photo Plus recently announced The Past Borrowed, an exhibition curated around the theme of Year of the 50th and UAE National Day. And to tell us a bit more about it is Maze Albake, who's the manager of Warehouse 421. Maze, how are you? Hi, Mark. I'm good. How are you? Very good. So thanks so much for joining us on the show. So tell us a little bit about this exhibition and why you wanted um, to hold it. Yeah, of course. So at Warehouse 421, as well as with our partners, Got Photo Plus, we really wanted to offer the community a glimpse into the history of the UAE, and especially at this moment where we're celebrating the year of the 50th. We wanted to allow those who found in the UAE home to be part of this narrative that we're telling. Um, and, you know, we're telling it through their archives of photographs, of texts, and of objects. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at something that is between a history to be retold and the pointed uh, revisionism of the works presented. This exhibition uh, really intends to point to the ongoing production of this composite archive. You know, we continue to produce the story of the UAE, not only in the past, but also in our present and towards the future. Okay, so what kind of work are we going to be actually seeing when we attend this uh, exhibition? And uh, tell me about some of the photographers, especially the local photographers. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, you'll be able to encounter the works of a self-taught photographer and mixed-media artist, Ammar Al-Attar, where he chronicles um, the social history of the UAE as well as its relations with its neighbors across the ocean. You know, he mainly looks at India, Iran, and Pakistan in his works. Um, And the project's titled Reverse Moments. Um, It uncovers the employment opportunities that became available um, around the same time that rapid development um, happened in the country, you know, and he tells it through the stories of studio pioneers and their networks of friends, families, and compatriots. Um, Amar Latar is based in Sharjah and is an Emirati photographer and archivist and a dear friend of the creative community here in the UAE. But another community member that's also sharing work in this exhibition is Saleh Al-Tamimis. His project is titled Only Time Could Tell, and it's the product uh, of three years of location research here in the UAE. And he does these recurring visits and permit approvals. And, you know, he kind of chronicles the whole journey, not only visually, but also kind of the process of it as well. So through this phase of the project currently um, had, you know, he's completed it all the way back in 2015. Um, Altamini has been reflecting on how he could continue to document these same re- locations as they continue to you know, grow, to develop. Um, they've since uh, 2015 have really kind of continued to build a whole other identity and life for themselves. 
Okay. Um, I, I mean, uh, f- from your point of view, what are some of the most fascinating insights um, that people, uh, visitors can see at this yeah. Uh, exhibition? Yeah, it's a, it, I mean, it's, it's a really warm exhibition. And, you know, you, what you'll be able to see really clearly is how, you know, so many people have made lives here. You know, so many people have fallen in love, created families, cultivated long, lifelong relationships and friendships. And, you know, this is what we're really excited to bring to the wider community, to give, you know, also the opportunity for people, the people of this country to share how living here has shaped their lives. So, you know, the exhibition brings together wonderful and talented artists who are who have spent a very long time of their lives here in the UAE. But it also actually gives a platform for people who are not necessarily full-time artists to tell their stories. Okay, and I hear that there's an open call for anyone listening (laughs) to be part of this past borrowed exhibition. Yes, so the project also includes an open call to the community, um, and I really mean it in the wide, you know, the widest sense of the community, um, to submit archival material of the UAE, of their lives um, here in the UAE, uh, to be part of the exhibition. So there's a sort of a community wall in the exhibition space that displays these. Um, uh, and the open call uh, accepts applica- submissions from the 30th of November until the 2nd of January 2022. And and where can we find um, the information to kind of register for this and, and become part of it? Yeah, so, I mean, the exhibition itself is at Golf Photo Plus, but you can find full information um, both on warehouse41.ae, our Instagram, Twitter, but also Golf Photo Plus's uh, website and Instagram handles, etc. If you would like to just drop in and visit, um, uh, Golf Photo Plus is located in Al-Sirkal Avenue, where you can you know, walk in and just really experience and be part of this narrative. And um, once it's finished at Gulf Florida Plus, is it going to be shown at Warehouse 421 as well? So, you know, we've we've been looking actually at, um, uh, you know, we're having conversations with cultural institutions across the UAE to make this exhibition a traveling show. So rather yeah. than just kind of constraining it between Warehouse 421 and Gulf Florida Plus, we're even looking at other peer institutions and peer kind of spaces to engage with, really the whole countries, as many of the Emirates as we are able to access, um, and to get, you know, the people who came to this land and created their own families and built a life for themselves here to contribute and to also feel um, part of this conversation. Maze, it sounds like a fascinating exhibition, Pass Borrowed. And uh, what are the dates again when we can see this at uh, Gulf Photo Plus? So the exhibition is uh, has been open since eighth of November, eighth uh, of December, twenty twenty one, until fifteenth of January, twenty twenty. Great stuff, Mace Albaik, manager of Warehouse Four Two One. Thank you so much for joining us and telling us about Past Borrowed, that exhibition curated around the theme of the year of the fiftieth and UAE National Day. You can see it uh, as we speak at Golf Photo Plus. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. <laughs> Dubai I 103.8. Hey, welcome back to the show. Next, we're going to be talking about the second edition of the spectacular DSF drone light show that's returning to Blue Waters and also the beach opposite JBR. And to find out what's in store for us all, I'm joined right now by uh, Ollie Howitt, who's the creative coordinator at Sky Magic. Holly, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good, and thank you so much, Ollie, for uh, joining us on the show. This sounds a really, really super um, event. So how many drones are actually involved in this light show? 
So uh, each show, there are three shows that are performed um, every night until the end of January. Yeah. Each show is 500 drones. So we've got the, the full fleet there for all three of those shows. The full fleet, 500 drones. That's a, that's a lot in the sky, isn't it? So, I mean, tell me about the programming of it all and how you get the, seas, uh, the sequences right and, uh, you know, how, how you stop them from flying into each other. <laughs> so um, it's essentially it's a long, long process um, from a creative standpoint. We sort of work really, really closely over a number of months with whoever wishes to put on a show. Um, our studio uh, is based in the UK and Singapore, um, yeah. Sky Magic. So we are primarily a creative uh, studio. We use drones as a way to tell stories in the sky, um, whatever that story may be. So it takes you know, a, a number of weeks, a number of creative iterations to really get that story right and make sure we're telling exactly, you know, the, uh, the right story in the right way um, for whatever for whatever purpose and whatever reason that um, that you may want. Um, this show in particular took about two to three months um, and a lot of wow. lot of back and forth sort of, um, you know, fine tuning and tweaking on those different narratives and different creatives for to get to w- where we are today. It sounds absolutely spectacular. So tell me the kinds of displays and effects that we'll see coming from these drones. So it's um, a number of different effects. We wanted to really push the boat out with what the drones can do, what stories they can tell in the sky. Yeah. Um, so it's a very much a mixture of 2D shapes and forms to really illustrate um, outlines. So, for example, in one of the shows, we have an outline of um, a man and woman sat next to each other on a sand dune, um, sort of looking out into the distance. That's very much a 2D image. Um, and then we really intersperse that with much more sort of 3D geometric forms. So another one of the shows, which is very much um, a display that uh, exhibits the future and it's sort of... Um, presents more uh, geometric and abstract form. So you've got like a portal that sort of um, spins out into a 3D form um, and very much more um, explores that sort of 3D, um, 3D effect of the drones. I, I, I know that the show is telling uh, the story of, of the UAE. Uh, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so we've got um, a mixture of past, pe- present and future. Um, sort of interspersed within within the different stories that we're telling, and essentially they're just different versions of um, the story of of Dubai. Um, so we've got one which sort of draws on the heritage of the UAE. Um, it follows a day in Dubai, so it begins with the sun rising over the Hatta Mountains, um, and then we move into the scene where we have um, the man and woman sitting on on some sand dunes. We have the sadhu patterns running through, um, and then the favourite part of my uh, my my favorite part of the show is um, the coffee pot. So we have a large coffee pot which then pours out coffee, and you see the wow. drones sort of falling down into the sky as if they're um, as if they're falling into a coffee cup. Um, a series of different images which then um, sort of explores the heritage of Dubai, and then we end with the sun setting um, and the DSF logo, so the uh, the shopping festival logo, which is essentially a celebration for what what the show is. And then we have. Um, Another story, um, which is another show based all around the Dubai Expo. Um, this draws on themes of transformation. So we have um, the metro transforming into the Hyperloop. We have a falcon that transforms into the UAE Pavilion. Um, and it's very much t- sort of talking to the technologies um, and future of, of Dubai. 
Um, and then we have, as I said before, the more abstract, abstract sort of uh, geometric forms. And this is very much um, sort of uh, celebrating the future. And this is all around notions of sort of building and releasing energy. And then we end with an energy ball that uh, contracts, contracts smaller into the sky and then explodes outwards in a sort of grand finale, which is um, my most exciting sort of part of the show. Um, it sounds stunning. It really does. It. I think it's going to blow our mind. I just want to ask you a little bit about the drones. I mean, are these the most advanced professional drones that you can get and are there different sizes within the 500 uh, fleet uh, so this fleet is our sort of new fleet it's uh, just been uh, through a period of r&d over the last few years um it's an rtk fleet so we've really got that gps tracking sort of nailed down to um down to at the centimeter um but you know we're constantly expanding constantly evolving our technologies um uh, what we're sort of working on at the moment is just really making sure that um, GPS sort of um, technology is is continuing on and, and who's to say what sort of capabilities they'll have in the future. Um, but yeah, this is at the moment sort of the most the most advanced fleet that you can get at this at this current time. But we're constantly, constantly evolving and mm. expanding our fleet and growing our, our capabilities. So when and where is the big question? I, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this wants to go and see these drones in action. Um, when's it going to be happening? So it's every night from 7.30 and 9pm. You can see it anywhere along JBR Beach, um, also at Ain Dubai at the Wheel, and it's free. So um, anyone along the beach will be able to see and um, that's running through right to the end of January. Uh, it sounds stunning. And um, now, as a company, I know you've worked on a lot of amazing um, events. Um, can you tell us anything planned for the future? What does 2022 hold for Sky Magic? <laughs> well, we've got a lot of things, a um, lot of things lined up. Um, can't necessarily talk about what's in store in the in the immediate future but um we've definitely got a lot of exciting projects that um will be coming to fruition in 2022 well i certainly hope they come to dubai as well ollie howitt creative coordinator at sky magic thanks for lighting up our skies with uh, the drone show and uh, have yourself a merry christmas as well thank you very much you too Listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. We go to the telephone lines and we wish uh, a very happy festive season to our movie critic, William Mullally. Happy Christmas, sir. Happy Christmas. How's oh, it going? Yeah, what are you going to be doing, man? Watching movies? I'm going to have a nice fancy dinner party. Oh, okay. Oh, you're going to wear a Burberry sweater. It's oh, very nice. unlikely. Burberry. Lovely. Okay. Well, I know um, you've been speaking uh, to some rather famous people of late. So tell me the big movie this week. What is it? The Matrix Resurrection. The Matrix Resurrection. So uh, this has been a long time in the, in, the, in the mix coming, hasn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. So it's been 22 years since the first Matrix movie changed cinema like without any hyperbole truly this is one of the most i think watershed groundbreaking films um one of the most landmark films ever made and it honestly holds up brilliantly okay i mean did you think it ever would come back and get made again what's the thing so we the matrix because of its you know ubiquity in pop culture spawned two sequels in the early 2000s and while the, the first sequel had sort of a mixed response, the, the third film 
Um, the second sequel had a very negative response overall. It was a very mm-hmm. forgettable, bloated, yeah. was trying to do too much. And I think because of that, there was a fatigue on the franchise for a long time. The Wachowskis, you know, went on to do a number of films that were also kind of misunderstood in their time, like Cloud Atlas, Speed Racer. But people were always hoping um, that, you know, this film would become possible and we'd be able to go back to The Matrix. As well, because Keanu Reeves, you know, since John Wick, has really seen his star rise and rise and rise to the fact that he is now one of the you know, most untouchable A-list actors in Hollywood, whereas 10 years ago, people treated him kind of like a punchline, which is really, really funny because he's always, he's always been great. You know, Keanu doesn't change. We've just, as, as, a, as a global society, have learned to appreciate his brilliance, which is funny how that works, you know, the court of public opinion. Yeah. It's fickleness. Um, but I'm, I think they finally settled on the, the fact that Keanu is one of the of the greatest, and so him coming back to this franchise, and you know reprising his role of Neo has been much much awaited. Not only that, but also bringing in Carrie Ann Moss, his co-star, who co-starred as Trinity in the original trilogy, also much much awaited. And having seen the film, I can say that it is a very you know, simple, focused, enjoyable, great time at the movies. I, I don't th- I think that it gets rid of you know the over bombast, overly philosophical. Um, you know, just the ambition that those movies had, it's still, you know, I, I think it has a lot to say, but it is not, you know, the over the top film that those original um, sequels were. And I think it's all the better for it. it knows what its stars are. It knows that it's a Neo and Trinity story first and foremost. We'll also bring, you know, new modern twists to what, you know, our world has become and how that is reflected in the matrix in this um, pseudo future. So I, I think, you know, it is a very, very, I, I enjoyed it more than Spider-Man. I, I really enjoyed it. It's getting a bit of a mixed response, but I, I think it is worth seeing and worth going to seek out and seeing in the cinema because I, I absolutely had a blast with it. And I was also honored to speak with, you know, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss about this as well because, you know, they're Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> doesn't happen every day, does it? <laughs> it does not happen every every day. Um, do we want to hear a little bit of the trailer first? We yeah, go? yeah. let's go for this trailer and hear, hear Matrix um, opening up in cinemas. Thomas, you seem particularly triggered right now. Can you tell me what happened? I've had dreams that weren't just dreams. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here. Hi. Have we met? One pill makes you larger And one pill makes you small And the so there's a little clip then from uh, the trailer of uh, The Matrix. Keanu Reeves uh, is who William has been speaking to. What did he have to say, William? And a, a few words, but I, I think what I really wanted to know, first and foremost, is, you know, these two people, these two great actors, you know, how they have grown and changed as people and as an actors, you know, in the time going, you know, filming this at a very different point in their careers versus now. And I think... Gary <laughs> was a bit more ready for that question than Keanu was. Uh, changes. Ch-ch-changes. <laughs> um, God, I mean, you know, a lot of life has happened. Right? So, I mean, I feel like we're kind of the same at our cores, but older. Um, so how does that change us? 
man, you got anything? Well, I feel like I feel so different. Um, and like you said, yet at the core, it's, I'm still who I've always been, but so much has changed in my life. Um, the things that I hold important and things that I spend my time and energy on are very different today than they were 21 years ago. You know, 21 years ago, it was my career, career, career. And now it's um, much more for me, you know, grounded in my family. Um, so that's a huge change. So to be working and training and doing all of that and holding a family of five, um, you know, with myself and my husband included, um, definitely makes my life completely and totally different. Um, How do you find that those, you know, coming back at a different point in your life, do you get different things out of coming back to this? Like, is it really just about being able to collaborate with these people that you care about so much? Or is it really, is there something else that you, you, that you get out of being able to return to this world? Yeah, certainly, yeah, embracing what we love and what we remember. And uh, at the same time, the excitement and the thrill of what what happens now. Um, yeah. Yeah, Keanu Reeves there. Man, a few words, isn't he, uh, William? But, right. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Rather you than me. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's part of his charm. It, is, it yeah, always yeah. has been. You know, he, he, he chooses his words very carefully, and he never he's never one of those people to talk just to talk. You know, if it comes out of his mouth, it's what he means. He's never going to, you know, just, um, you know, hear his own voice. And I think that's, I think there's a sincerity to Keanu that transcends, you know, each of his roles. And I think part of the reason that people love him, respond to him is because, you know, he is fully himself and who you see is who you get. And that's, you know, I think that's part of the wonder of, of speaking to him and seeing him in every film that I've, I've seen him in. And, you know, as well, I think this film is also really interesting to, to discuss because it's also, it does go back to the Matrix, but I do think that with science fiction, we're at kind of a different place. Whereas a lot of times science fiction has been doom and gloom and how the future is going to get worse. Of course, we don't want the matrix to happen. This is still a post-apocalyptic future. But I do think that there's an optimism in this. It, it looks at a possibility beyond what those original films looked at in a way that the, the first trilogy didn't. And I, I think that that optimism is really what I responded to and something that Keanu picked up on as well. I've, well I, I agree with you that there's some a positive opportunity potential and i would also say that it's a cautionary tale uh and i would say that it's you know the way that it embraces the humans the machines sentient programs you know um it's uh it can be hopeful i think there's a lens that's hopeful and i think that there's also a healthy in order to make that positive outcome it's going to take some attention and it's going to take some love absolutely do you find that acting fulfills you both in the same way that it did you know at that point in your career or earlier in your career i love it i love it i i love it and it it fills me in a different way than it did when i was younger i appreciate it i'm so grateful for it when i step out of the the kind of 
my regular life into the magic of making movies. I, I, I appreciate every moment of it. Um, and then it also makes my, my real life, my, well, my family life, um, richer as well. So does that shine through, uh, William on the screen that, that, you know, both still very enthusiastic about, um, these roles? Yeah, I think there's, okay. When I watch someone like Benedict Cumberbatch in Spider-Man, yeah. I just see boredom. And then I see him in the power of the dog on Netflix. And I see him fully in his zone, loving every minute of his craft. And with this, although it is, you know, a big blockbuster sequel, I don't see any of that boredom. I don't see any of that malaise. I don't see anyone picking up a paycheck. I see actors who love what they're doing, who are so happy to be back together. And filmmakers behind the camera who are equally as excited. This does not feel like a cash-in. This feels like a returned home. Okay. And I think that's why, you know, even if it doesn't necessarily make the big points and it's not, you know, this grand ambitious film, it's still a joy to watch. And I think uh, that is owed a lot to Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, what about audiences? Are they going to respond to this? Uh, you know, it's been a long, long time, as we mentioned, since the last uh, Matrix. You know, uh, are we kind of past it? Uh, you know, do we, uh, is there still a hunger for it? I think the Matrix has always only become more and more present in pop culture. Um, the way that we talk about, you know, red pills, blue pills, the way we talk, just use the Matrix as a metaphor. It's become, I, I think, one of the main touch points more and more and more over the years. It's not like Avatar where it kind of disappeared. I think it's just grown. I think if anything's overshadowing it, it's the fact that perhaps the biggest movie of all time came out last week, you know, starring yeah, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do think that... That shouldn't. I really hope that it doesn't, you know, drive audiences only to go see that, or they feel some sort of, you know, sequel or franchise fatigue. Uh, I think this is definitely a, a really fun time in the movie, so I, I hope that audiences respond to it that way. Okay, so there we are. Matrix uh, opening up this weekend, starring Keanu Reeves, of course. This is lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye one hundred three point eight. You're welcome back into the show. Of course, we've got our festive weekend to look forward to, and uh, I'm sure the movies will certainly be on the menu. The new Matrix uh, opening up. Um, I just want to go back to Spider-Man No Way Home a little bit, if you don't mind, William. I mean, last week uh, you were a bit on the fence, said you might go and see it again just to, uh, you know, have another, uh, give it another chance. Um, and it's been packing out cinemas. There's no two ways about that. Um, tickets have been flying out for this one. Uh, still, um a little bit of a negative uh, review on that? Yeah, it's one of those things, like, I just, especially, on, I think, on opening day, when I know people are listening, are so excited, probably already have their tickets. I just hate feeling like the Grinch, so to speak. <laughs> you um, are the Grinch, really. <laughs> I don't want to be the Grinch. Like, I, have to, I have to keep it real. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, the more it settles in my mind, there's things I really like about it and other things that I really don't. I think the scripts, the execution, in a lot of ways, just doesn't really work for me. But I, I, I think most some of the fun is watching these performances pop. Like watching, you know, as we were saying, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch isn't really that engaged in the film. But you watch someone like Willem Dafoe, and he's just so happy to be back. Yeah, he's giving it his all. I, the story has come out that he insisted on doing all his own stunts, um, even at his age, because he feels like that's the only way he earns the right to play the character. Um, so I, I think watching Tom, watching some of the other characters who pop up in the film that I can't give away, watching their performances, I think is such a joy. And, you know, being able to look at the, the meta story, you know, what this means to them, what, you know, coming here means to them, what these people interacting 
means to them is so, so much fun. And so I think as an actor's film and as a character film and as a fan film, all those things are very fun. As a film film, it doesn't really do it for me. I was kind of bored. Um, <laughs> you got a pretty good third act. I'll give it that. But for the first two thirds, it's just I, I don't really buy this setup. And so the emotions of it didn't really hit. And I think the emotions really only hit if you're just running on pure nostalgia, which I guess a lot of us are at this point. So I'm guessing if it was you, um, it would be uh, Matrix over Spider-Man if we were going to the movies this weekend? It's going to be. And as well, I will recommend that people go see The Lost Daughter, um, okay. which is you know the first film directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jake's older sister, and an incredibly talented person in her own right and always has been. And here she brings... Um, Olivia Coleman to the screen opposite Dakota Johnson as a woman who is a professor who is on holiday in Greece by herself and becomes um, fixated on this other woman and because of you know what she reminds her about her own past and slowly we discover this character's past while also watching this very bizarre tale play out on this Greek island and the way these people interact and I think it's tremendous performances you really have no idea where it's going it's got a depth to the characters that I really found um, affecting. And I also found the fact that these characters are not very nice people, <laughs> you know, mm. or who do weird things um, that uh, is really, I think, uh, also very fun to watch because I think we have too many movies these days when people are just purely virtuous and thus boring. We, we've kind of lost the, the edge to a lot of characters and this puts it right back. And so I think it's definitely one that I've continued thinking about since I went to go see it last weekend. Um, in cinemas and one that you can still catch um, for one more week so definitely go see The Lost Daughter Alright, um, of course um, we're going to be digging out the Christmas movies again um, what would you recommend on that front, uh, movies that we might want to watch on Christmas Day is there anything new out this this year? I've, I've not seen anything I've, well, There's always you know new things I mean Netflix has I, I think taken the, the lifetime role of just um, plugging in the Christmas switch or what have yeah. you you know, I think Christmas is a time for cheese. Uh, just gorging yourself on... Lots of it. Sources. Yeah, just things that aren't necessarily good for you, but you worry about that later. And that, that applies to entertainment as well. So these are cheesy, cheesy holiday movies. But for me, I always, you know, revisit classics. I, I've come around to The Muppet Christmas Carol uh, and Michael Caine's tremendous performance. I think I'll probably revisit that this year. I think Home Alone has been playing in cinemas, in the, in the Box Snow Cinema, as well as at Cinema Keel. Um, that's always an incredibly fun time. That only gets better with time. And every time they re- try to remake it, it just reminds you how good the original and Macaulay Culkin are. And I, Scrooged, starring Bill Murray, as well as a film that does make me cry at the end, even if Spider-Man didn't. Uh, any Jimmy Stewart? I mean, I, w- I was waiting for the Jimmy Stewart impression coming You're out You're waiting for the Jimmy Stewart impression. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There was an article that came out this week about all the different ways that um, that film, that It's a Wonderful Life, has aged poorly. And it just reminded me how wrong that article is and how wonderful it gets every single year. So absolutely, It's a Wonderful Life is going to be on my list. You reminded me. <laughs> uh, mine is, is always um, uh, the Michael Keaton uh, movie, um, all, all about the snowman that comes alive. Um, I just love that one. That is my ultimate Christmas movie. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm for. <laughs> Remember, I did start off this job working at Blockbuster Video, and people would come in being like, well, you know that movie? I'd have to see the guy get the title. So that's yeah. where this comes from to begin with. Yeah. But I, I think if you're looking for another great Michael Keaton 
Christmas set film, I would recommend Batman Returns. That might not be the Christmas film you're looking for, <laughs> but it is a Christmas film. It does count. It's diehard of the Christmas film, Batman Returns. All right. Well, William, have yourself a fantastic Christmas. Um, hopefully I'll uh, bump into you dressed up as the Grinch at some part um, of the of the festivities. Matrix, definitely uh, thumbs up. Uh, and I'm sure Spider-Man is going to be packing in more people this weekend. Have a fantastic Christmas. William Mullally, once again, our movie critic and thanks for uh, all your great insights into the films over the last year. Merry Christmas. Thank you.